1: Hi! Hi. Hi. Yes. This Hi! This is exciting. This is for the is girls an, podcast.
2: For the girls is it podcast, it, the, um, I'm Nick Westrate and I'm Nick Westrate. Yes, and we are both uh, the same person, and we are <laughs> we a podcast. We <laughs> host a <laughs> podcast about uh, gays and their divas, queers and their divas, ladies and their divas, dykes and their divas, divas and their divas and their divas. We're here for divas who call their album "Diva." And we're here tonight with Spindle A. Webb, who is an artist and a hairdresser in Los Angeles. Hi, Spindle. Hello. We always try to,
1: like, slip in in the intro, like, who we're doing, we think we're being so smart, but it's, like, so obvious. Uh, but go ahead. Who are you doing, Spindle?
3: Um, I Who's your going, diva? I'm going to be talking yeah. about Annie Lennox tonight.
1: <gasps> yes. Oh, and we are doing it at night. yeah. Yes. yes actually is. It just turned into night, didn't it? How mm-hmm. pretty. Beautiful yes. night Los Angeles. Angeles. I think that's good for Darkest Annie, right? is dark as You were saying that, like, you were just saying right before you we were taping that... Because we were talking about our and I, I think, like, people know Bette Midler for um, her ballads. And we get a little sensitive to that because we're like, you don't know. She has, like, a way more funky, eclectic... Whole, there's whole rock sides to her. Yeah. And oh, that yeah. you kind of have that with Annie too, the like, like the Rose. The Rose? Yeah. Yeah. And so you were saying that kind of about Annie too. Like people
3: can maybe know Annie for like Sweet Dreams and um, Here Comes the Rain Again. Is, do you and like it, Here is, Comes the Rain Again? Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it, it it's everybody knows your rhythmics for those songs and, you know, Why by Annie Lennox, which is an incredible song. But I really. Delve more into her darker stuff, and you can. If you listen to a full album, you can hear that darker stuff. It's just, it, you know, nobody really brings all that up. You know, people, you say oh I love the said oh yeah I love sweet dreams I'm like yeah everybody loves that song you know who
1: Dude, loves that things. song every light FM station there is no, <laughs> yeah. and I know because that's all I listen to
3: uh, in the and, car and K-Earth 101 now yeah. I feel extra old because yeah. now it's a moldy oldie
1: yeah but like you can't turn on the car and listen to those stations without having that song come on and I never skip so right. it still hits It's still so sweet
4: dreams amazing.
2: But you like her darker, less known side. I do,
3: I do. Um, you know, I was, you know, I went, I was in Massachusetts for about a year, and it was kind of my first introduction to MTV. And was this with your family? Yes, my uh, my my dad was transferred to um, Concord, Massachusetts. Uh, he worked for Wang. Uh, we For lived what? in Wang Computers. Okay. Um, I don't even know if they're still around, but you know this is like the age of blooming technology, nineteen eighty-two, and we transferred there. I lived. I grew up in Bermuda, and we transferred to Massachusetts and introduced to MTV. We had no cable. We had two channels in Bermuda: AB, um, ABC and CBS. In Bermuda, was ZBM and ZFB. No cable. And I was watching MTV, and I was so into Boy George at the time. When I first heard Culture Club, I was like, oh, my God, you know, this infeminate man. You know, I I knew I was gay, but... And I was sitting with a bunch of friends from school, and Sweet Dreams came on. I was like, what? Boy, who? What the fuck? <laughs>
1: um, we came on MTV. Yeah, uh, it was oh, yeah. An MTV, mm-hmm.
3: and I was I was just enamored by this woman. It's, you know a woman in a suit, crop cut, gorgeous, and the guys with me were like, oh, well, she would be pretty if she had longer hair. And I'm like, fuck you. Really? Did they say that? They, yep. Somebody said that. I was like, "Wow." You I know, feel like just, Annie would also say "fuck you." Yeah, it's like, come on—the stereotypical pretty woman in the '80s, but she she rocked it with confidence and she owned it. And so I was like. Whoa this is it so you know every time you know we had I don't remember the radio station but that's a
1: dark song though right if you're talking about
3: that is a dark song no it is a dark song I mean you know it's about you know being abused and questioning yourself and but ultimately traveling the world and what was great about the song was even though it was repetitive it was still catchy the lyrics and the music was repetitive but it still inspired then came "Love Is a Stranger," and that was that was the deal breaker for me. As she was being androgynous, she was you know she was basically doing drag king in 1982. And not only that, she was very. Are you sultry. talking about the video? The video. What is the yes. video? What, what, what is so? She doing? The video is you know it's about this kind of seductive rich woman driving around in a Rolls Royce. And then she gets out of the car and, and you know, Dave Stewart's watching her through a computer monitor and, you know, she switches identities throughout the whole video. But at the end, she takes off her wig and she becomes a man. And it ends her just kind of like being very... Like, kind of like an android in her movement. And she's got no makeup on. Her hair slicked back. She's wearing a suit. So it's like she just basically was... One of the things about Annie Lennox has always been I, I, she thrived on being a woman, being a man, being a woman, being a man. So it's
1: mm. She, mm, that's not confusing. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at
3: all. Being <laughs> listen- an
2: alien, being a cyborg, being right. a, an imaginary. And then creature.
3: at the end end of the video, you know, she moves around like a robot and you're just kinda like, okay, well is this actually a human? This, this is, is a good song. This, this. this is a it's, it's, it's an let's amazing song. And it doesn't get as played as much as Sweet Dreams. And it's a, it should, no,
1: honestly, nothing gets as played as much as Sweet Dreams like <laughs> It's concurrent still. Yeah, it still works. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I could trick someone into being like, slip this in, and it is, it is it's some just, of its time period. But I could trick someone into being like, this is now. It's this is still timeless, cool yeah. now. It's pretty timeless. It,
3: she was. I don't. want to be like this person in this video. She's uh, right. That's she's never not been cool. No, she, I mean, what, what I what I loved about her was um, because you know I was kind of a solo child, I was a nerd, I mean, when I was in school at that time in Massachusetts even the nerds picked on me, that's how nerdy I was, and you know, one of the reasons why I related to Culture Club they did that song, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me and it it affected me in a big time and it made me sad, but then when when I found the rhythmics, it made me feel a little bit more empowered and stronger because it was kind of more of a I'm a gonna fucking kick your ass because I'm I'm a strong dominant person. And for a woman in that era, because you know, the music scene is a man's world. Mm-hmm. And for her to come out with that song looking like a man or being androgynous, it was it was a big deal. And because I grew up in Bermuda, I wasn't I was ten years behind. I didn't have a lot of media. Our, the music radios would play the top 20s. So I didn't know about Grace Jones yet. And MTV didn't play Grace Jones while I was there. So Annie Lennox was my first introduction to that whole... That world? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. women being androgynous in a manly way, but still also still be feminine as well.
1: So that like spoke to your, your sexuality. That spoke to your it, gender. It, it did. And your identity, an identity that could... I always think about when you see something, you're like, oh... I didn't know that that possibility existed. Yeah. I didn't know that, like, you know, I'm, we're brought up a lot of times to be very rigid
0: in mm-hmm. our representations
1: mm-hmm.
3: and our understanding. Right. When I was, you know, seventh grade, I was always into very strong women characters. I mean, for crying out loud, I was in seventh grade, and all the boys would be like, I'm Batman, Superman, blah, blah, blah. And I'd run out and sing, Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, living on a small island, that's the worst thing you can do because it followed me all the way through high school. Everyone. I got teased for it all the time. And then I saw Superman too, and Ursa, who's the female villain in that. oh was a, oh my God, that's my mother right there, walking in her thigh highs. And I used to, when my mom and dad used to go to work, I was always home alone a lot. I would slip on my mom's go-go boots and wear my navy blue pajamas and pretend to be Ursa.
1: And you felt powerful. I I yeah. was always mm-hmm. in the X Men, Jean Grey and Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, like I was like, oh, the, uh, just didn't even think about it. Like mm-hmm. that's just where I I I look towards for power and inspiration. Like, exactly. I did not like the guys they yeah. are so no, boring I, I've
3: never really been into male singers I mean to this day um, and what's funny is some of the male singers that I do like sound like women you know um, oh, there's a band IMX and they, they he sings this song um, you give it to me and when I first heard it it sounded almost just like any Lennox it tripped me out and when my husband told me oh it's a guy I'm like get get the fuck out of here Um. So, you know, when I, when I first saw her in
1: Massachusetts, I, is that your senior year then? Or would you know, no, no,
3: no, uh, no. No. Um, uh, freshman, freshman in, in Massachusetts. Okay. I was, I was, I was 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. So this was like yeah. coming right where it needs to hit yeah. you and, and then move when, you through And then this when she came term. along, you know, Wonder Woman, Ursa, and then freaking Annie Lennox, I was like, Oh God the trinity yeah. the trinity yeah. is going <laughs> like, to protect you yes the unholy trinity Fun, to show
2: you that your identity is fungible
3: yeah and you know i related to them because you know they're they're strong women and they stand on their own and they do their own thing and they're powerful you know it, it's it was, it was all about the power and you know in the era in the 70s and 80s to be a powerful woman it was a struggle and she emulated that through her music
1: and her videos. Where'd you go from after that? After you're like, okay, I need to know more about this person. I need more of this person in my life. Who'd you turn to? What'd you turn to? What'd you do?
3: Well, you know, it's, it's funny. What, you know, after finding your rhythmics in Massachusetts, I went back to Bermuda. Oh, really? And, <clears throat> excuse were me. Were you excited to do that? When I, you know, so pre-teens... I was all about Bermuda. It was a beautiful tropical island, and you know it was a, definitely a surreal experience. And then going to Massachusetts for a year it opened my eyes about how closed it was. It's very conservative. It's very small. You can drive from one end of the island to forty-five minutes to an hour, and everybody knows everybody and. You know, if you have a secret, you better keep it locked up tighter than Fort Knox because everybody will know about it. So when I went back, not a lot of people knew about the music that was going going on in in the U.S. or even in Europe. Hmm. And while I was in Massachusetts, I'm jumping back and forth. I'm sorry, but when I was in Massachusetts, and I, you know, I heard "Sweet Dreams," "Love Is a Stranger," then "Here Comes the Rain" again came out. And then who's that girl? What a like lot of hits right there, yeah, right? Yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah, and I I did did something that you know most people never do. I just went out and bought those two albums, "Sinking Sweet Dreams" and "Touch," was their first two albums. And I would just sit in the living room listening to them all on record. day. on vinyl. Yeah, my mom and dad would not allow me to use their Wi-Fi or Hi-Fi. What's that? Hi-fi, the old school stereo system was called hi-fi in the 70s and 80s.
1: And they, were not, they wouldn't let you they play They wouldn't that. let me,
3: but I would figure it out. And while they were at work and left me alone in the house, I would figure it out and play them all day.
1: Is it basically to say Here Comes Rain Again is not just one of my favorite um, Annie songs, but one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a, it's an incredible it's song. It's one of the most sexy. I, the idea of like being with someone and just being like, talk to me like lovers do. Yeah. And like asking someone yeah. on a first date just to like per, pretend like I'm obsessed with you. And so let's pretend and maybe by pretending we yeah. can.
3: And it's very haunting too, because, haunting. you know, because it, it it's like she's reaching out to somebody to love her, but that person doesn't want to love her in return. But she
1: also wants an obsession an obsession. Obsessive love, right? Um She wants it to be raining with this she wants to know is it gonna be
3: raining with you? And she wants to know if it's if it's going to be eternal. I don't know. Mm. It's just it's know it's deep but you know it's it's a great song but then you know you dive deeper into that album you have songs like aqua where she sings don't touch me don't talk to me about it and I don't feel anything it's like should we play that it's a great song it's and and what I love about it is that's kind of where it introduced me to a little bit more of a tribal beat
1: Love to tell people to, to get the fuck away from me. Well,
3: I, the voice right there is just like it. You know, when she sings the chorus, it's like "Don't fuck with me," and then, and then she, she almost sounds a little submissive in her verses, like she's sad. But then she like says, "Just get, get away from me. Don't talk to me about it." And that's what I loved about that song. And that's songs like that are what really connected to me to her, you know, because I was a loner, um, and sorry, dad, you're awesome. But my mom, my mom and I did not connect at all. And, um, I, I kind of was pretty much on my own and, and I had, did this, you have siblings? Uh, well, I have a sister 10 years old, old, younger than I. Okay. And so you weren't close she's, to her. No, oh, no. She's my little flower. I love her with all my heart and we're still super tight but you know having a sister 10 years yeah. younger you know there there isn't that connection and what was, what was funny when, when I was back in Bermuda you know I, I you know I had sweet dreams and I had touch and everybody you know it been Bermuda that there's really only two groups People that listen to reggae and people that listen to pop music, the people that listen to pop music were all into Duran Duran, and they're like, "Oh yeah, your rhythmic is cool," but you know, they they listen to the basics. But I'm like, oh, but "Look, it gets this, deeper. Yeah, it gets deeper. Her Go albums deeper. get deeper." And um, also, when
1: you start being a fan, I feel like you, like for us, we really feel like we. Um, we spend that time with them. That mm-hmm. you know, like people just do the surface on, like they play the music. You're not just playing the music just to play while you're doing other stuff. You're playing to really get in, right, to it, right. It, it, understand it.
3: it to understand it, and you know, I'm an artist, so you know, I drew a lot when I was a kid. And was that I like was, an escape? It, it was a total escape. I will say one of the great things about my mom was that uh, if it was a really nice day. And I was sitting in the living room watching cartoons as a kid. She would flip off the TV and say, get out of here, you're going to go do something productive. And that's where I would start drawing and painting and whatever. And I would listen to the arrhythmics, and I'd be be drawing her, and I would listen to songs, and I would come up with ideas of... How the music video would look, wow. and come up with these stories, and you
1: were living a total fantasy. I,
3: it put me in a complete fantasy world. It took me away from reality, and that's what I needed. Isn't
1: it like this, this? Like saves you. It saved me. Yeah. Because you're I, on an island that you didn't relate
3: to anyone, right? And, and I was bullied a lot, and you know, it, it, people knew I was gay before I. Were you dressing like different
1: than the kind of?
3: I was, but you know, I. Didn't really have a specific identity. I just knew I liked red and black, and red and black the, the colors. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm.
1: color you wanted to wear. Red, and I wanted, wanted to wear, wear black. red
3: and black. That's all I wanted to wear, and, and you
1: don't know why. What did that come from?
3: I just liked red and black as a combination. It's a classic. Color. It's a classic color. combination. You Can't yeah. fight that, so. you know. And you know, everybody was wearing khakis and Calypso shirts, and you know, in Bermuda, every school has. um has uniforms, so you know summer you wear khakis and calypso and and winter you wear blazers and a tie with gray shorts or pants
1: I'm kind of into that now, but back then it was it back then was a you know a, a social thing like it kind of showed. Where where, how vanilla you were. Or something. Well,
3: it wasn't really social; it was more military. Military, you know, because you had to wear a uniform. You know, I shirt. had to wear a uniform, and, and it too. had to be it had to be clean. If, if the shirt was wrinkled, you'd get shit. Um, if the pants were too short, you'd get shit. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was my it was my release. Listen what was the song release.
1: that you remember detailing the music video of?
3: Well, wasn't it wasn't this song um, I mean I imagined her like kind of like underwater and singing but there's a song called Regrets and at the time I just saw um, Paranomia by um, Art of Noise where everything was very abstract with floating lips but um, the one song that really got me was um, Painter Rumor it's kind of a long song but it you know it that's the song that really got me because it's It's got very Middle Eastern sounding to it in the keyboards. And then at the point, at some point in the song, which is what I've always loved about Annie Lennox, because I told you during, during Love is a Stranger, she kind of turned into like a robot. Well, her voice becomes very animatronic. It's like she sounds like a robot. And that song sparked a story and i created a story on this song like it's very egyptian sounding and i was like i got lost in that song so should we play it i created a character out of it and her name she's an android and her name is Peral. <gasps> painter rumor annie lennox
1: and now what are you talking about so, and now, now I know what you showed you, me before. You right? showed yeah, I showed
3: you before this that I created um, a graphic novel based on this story.
1: But this story that you That's had since you were teen?
3: Since I was... That is so... This so this has been in your
1: imagination.
2: And yes. you find And when did you... Ju- you recently I, made this comic book, I yeah? made this
3: comic book about, what, four years ago? 2014.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow, so you kind of came... It, it it came it finally came to bloom.
3: It, it well it. It, it's been in bloom for years. I just finally had the chance put it to, to make put it down. happen. So yeah. have you
2: been like doodle, doodling Perel and like putting it like I've been
3: drawing this Android since I was fifteen years old. I Wow. I've done sketches here and there up to date.
2: And was this Android when you started drawing her or it or they when you were fifteen?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What do you think? What do you think she was protecting? Was she protecting you? What was she doing? What would make you go to it?
3: It wasn't really anything to do with me. It was more like creating a story based on this story, uh, based on this song. What I got from the song was this android that just kind of traveled back in time and she had a tub that she would lay in and would create a fake skin on her and she ended up ruling over Egypt it's kind of a silly story but throughout the years it's evolved and um, it's evolved to where this mastermind kid creates androids for this futuristic city and she's one of them but she's kind of a failed project and she's really ditzy and cute (laughs) and she goes in and tinkers with some, some of his tools and she explodes and there's this android cat that he's created and he took all of her parts and rebuilt her but when she came back she came back really nasty and bad nasty nasty or like gross nasty no like evil, evil. I'm nasty. all about evil witches and bitches so yeah. so, so
1: is your husband I hear and now we and we've set the imagery to the song too so yes Come on! Oh, we call our come on battle angels. Listen to this. <laughs> Do y'all see battle angels? Alita battle angels?
2: I
3: haven't seen no, that yet. Don't
2: see it, but that's what our fans are called. Yeah, it's like a one joke we had like several episodes ago, and now we legit call them battle angels. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but we love it.
4: Ain't a rumor, tell you something I could tell you something
3: it kind of drew me to the whole Android thing was because of the fact that she's a very like mechanical person in her movements. Even in her live music, she's very mechanical, the way she moves. Um, But then, you know, that whole R2-D2 sound in there was like, that's when it struck me. Oh my God, this sounds like a song about a freaking Android. Mm. That's um, what sparked. That's what sparked this. Yeah, And then I, I just drew that character, and she came to life.
1: So you graduated on the island
3: Well, from high school? I I wouldn't say I graduated, but... Because you didn't. I I did not graduate. Sometimes we say we don't do it, that means (laughs) we didn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I can pick up what you're throwing down. I I did not graduate. My parents actually pulled me. I was going to Catholic school, and... Like almost every kid that is not into academics, I had ADD, which means I'm not interested in math or biology. But I love art. Um, They pulled me out. And the first moment I started speaking for myself, that's when my parents said, you're joining the Navy. Oh, no. Yeah. Ooh, this is a surprise. Yeah. Twist. Yeah, Plot twist. 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 Yeah. Twist. So you join the Navy? So what, what happened was it was New Year's Eve, and my parents said, okay, yeah, you can go to the New Year's Eve party. And the day of, something came up, and I got accused of doing it, even though I didn't. They said, you're grounded. You're going to stay here and babysit your sister and I was like fuck that and my sister said you know what mind you she's 10 years younger than I am she's probably around 6 years old and she said just go to the party I'll go down to where they are my mom and dad were at this fancy soirée rib thrown by my aunt Shirley and you know her cuisine was KFC mm. and my sister ran down there in her onesie oh no and I ran off in my moped and went to the party. And the next day they, came, they said, come here. And they said, either you're going to move in with your grandmother in California or you're going to join the Navy. And so I called my grandmother. She said no. So I was sent off to the Navy. Whoa. And this kind of brings up a really funny story. Um, so I was in boot camp. And I did this all the time. And I'm amazed I didn't get my ass kicked. But I would walk around... Boot camp, handing out laundry, singing "I Need a Man" by the arrhythmics. Oh no! Uh,
1: no, you wouldn't. <laughs> yes I, Queen. Sure, <laughs> so would.
3: And I was doing it in full voice. I was not going. I, I was like, I need a man. I need- Sung by a woman. I'm like, so what? I fucking love this song. I'm gonna sing it. Yeah, it's a song. A I can sing it, can't I? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you know, this has when. And some,
2: also, you know, I need a man.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, when I while I was in Bermuda... Did
2: anyone say yes?
1: <laughs> um,
3: well, see, when I was. Do you in, get asked that
1: question all the time? Like, well, how much well, dicks did you well, suck
3: in the navy? Well, when I yeah, and I and my answer was I didn't because I was so afraid to come out. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the military, you're you're surrounded by a bunch of homophobic people and you know this was this was in the late 80s where this was before Don't Ask Don't Tell
2: right right and this was just in the don't period and
3: it's like you know I'm in the shower and I'm like oh god I better not look at that big ass dick you know it's it's gonna be too obvious but you know this was when Savage came out you know that was after Revenge and and Be Yourself Tonight which I I love those albums they were great be Yourself Tonight was very kind of like soul, bluesy sounding. And then Revenge came out and I was like... Oh. And this,
1: wait, are these all coming out while you're in the Navy? No,
3: this no. came out before. This oh, was okay. while I was still in Bermuda. I'm sorry. I'm That's okay. I'm kind of going back and forth. That's why I was nervous about this. but um, No, you're doing a beautiful job. Um... And then Savage came out and I felt like the Eurythmics were getting back to their old electronic root sound because um, Be Yourself Tonight and um, Revenge was very rock sounding. Did you like Mm -hmm. that? Well, there are a lot of tracks on Revenge that I really hated, but when when Missionary Man video came out, I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's one of her leads, right? She was in like a full-on leather bodysuit. Her hair was platinum and it was was kind of around the same time that um, Peter Gabriel did Big Time, where everything was kind of like stop-motion looking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she came out in that bodysuit and it was again very animatronic, like every every movement was just kind of like skipping back and forth, she looked like a robot again. And that's what I loved about that song, and it's probably my favorite song from that album.
5: Well, I was born an original sinner. I was born from original sin. And if I had a dollar bill for all the things I've done, there'd be a my, chin. Hey! my mother told me good, my mother told me strong She said be true to yourself and it you can't go wrong But there's just one thing that you must understand Got a serious mind There was a woman in the jungle And a monkey on a tree The missionary man He was following me He said stop what you're doing Get down upon your knees I have a message for you That you better believe Believe, believe,
3: believe And then after that they released Savage where she did Beethoven And again did the whole woman looking like a man looking like a woman and totally put on full drag i mean she looked like a full-on drag queen in that video
1: is that with the big blonde hair yes yeah. yep. yes
3: and, and then that and that you were
1: just like i was like get yeah,
3: the fuck out of here like she had some crazy little girl skipping around messing up the apartment after she'd clean it and there's like this looming drag queen in the background and then she would go in her room and rip off her wig and come out with this psychotic persona, like Marilyn Monroe-looking woman. And what was crazy about that album was that they released a video version of every song on that album. Really? That made. Yes. Wow. Like, so it's like the, a story. Yeah, the whole album was relaying a story. It started off that she was just this crazy housewife and ended up falling in love with a new man and, and feeling settled.
1: And your favorite song was?
3: <sighs> well, I, I do love Beethoven, but one of my favorite songs off that album was probably Savage. I don't know that song. Should we oh, listen see, to it? See, that's why I'm introducing that's this That's why we're you. here.
1: You all are mm-hmm. teaching us. So we're going up to the desert, so we're going to really like... Savage is a, a great song.
3: And um, Heaven, which is a, just an instrumental where she just says, Heaven, I love to, is also really good. But Savage
4: is... While the sun displays its teeth, oh mockery is laughing, all violence.
2: I love this line where she says in the song, everything is fiction mm-hmm. and just like I mean, all these personas, but it is all drag with her.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's every, you know, I mean, she, when she did, who's that girl, the video, she did drag queen. Um, his name is Earl. And I remember, I remember, um, she did a Grammy award show and I, you know, it, I was probably still in Massachusetts and she came on singing sweet dreams dressed as Earl. And I didn't believe it was her. I was like, who's this fucking guy dressed up as a man. Who's this guy singing Annie Lennox? And then I saw that video. I'm like, get, get the hell out of here. Um, but she's all, and I think that's, I think that's why, why our community, community relates to her so much is because of, of that. Mm. Um, also,
1: the pl- the fluidity and playing under gender. I mean, yeah. it's like, a no, like she uh, never was really done this way. Never really has. It hasn't been embraced. Right. The way that she's constantly flipping the identities and also playing with like, not only is it all a drug, but underneath we're all just robots. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and putting on. We were these... talking about this earlier too, like her antipathy towards fame, and it makes me think that. You know, there are all these personas she would use to tell stories, and mm-hmm. she is a storyteller, and she wants yeah. to tell stories, but she does not want to give away Annie like herself. She wants to be able to put on a persona and right. put on a music or put on a song and tell you a story, yeah. but she really seems to hate fame and showing
3: and she, her and, life. And, 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 you know, in her, especially in her earlier years, she... she she said, I'm, I'm not in this for the awards. I'm not in this to be famous. I'm in this for the art. You know, I'm in this because this is my passion. But, you know, one of the things about, again, I'll bring up Savage, is it starts off that way, but then it ends with her being Annie and accepting herself as who she is. Because, you know, you're, you know, I think everybody goes through different moments or personalities in their mind where they don't know how to identify themselves or they don't know who they are or whatever. We all go through those phases, you know, we're just like, who who am I? And it's a long road to get there and I think that's kind of what she does in her music too.
2: How do you get out of the navy?
1: Oh <laughs> Not by singing any Lennox. They're like <laughs> Good try, Fairy, keep on singing you wanna man. You're oh staying. My
3: God, that's a, like a, it I'm gonna make a long story short, I went AWOL, mischief's movement, AWOL from restriction, which is and then and then I was put in the brig and then I told him I was gay.
1: And, and they're like, okay, fine, 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 fine. Yeah. You're and, gone. And what was
3: and it was crazy, I, I didn't get dishonorable discharge, which I should have. I've got other than honorable, which is almost equivalent to medical discharge. Wow. Um But I I just you know, I I think they knew I was not I was not Navy material. Um so I was I was assigned wow. to um a pre-com unit, which is a ship on dry dock. It's a new ship. And, um, I really wanted to be a lithographer, which is a land-based rate. And this ship obviously did not have it because it's not land-based. And so I was stuck on there as a, as a seaman and, They would do damage control drills, which basically pretend the ship is on fire and we're at war. And I would freak my shit and I would actually hide. And I got in a lot of trouble for that. And so I went AWOL, Mischief Moon, got discharged, went back to Bermuda for like probably about a year before I went to Vermont. And I was watching the news for some reason. In Vermont? No, in Bermuda. And this is when the Gulf War broke out. And they listed all the commands that were there, and one of them was my ship. And I just did a heavy brow swipe, and like, thank the fuck God, I got out in time. I would have right. been, in, I would have been in the Gulf War. Whoa! And
1: you know, I you probably know that during the Gulf War this is very interesting that Midler had a song
2: called "From a Distance." That helped yeah, that end, was that ended the yes. Gulf War.
1: I won that one.
2: She she ended it. Yeah. I think we've already brought her up like four times. <laughs> oh, we did.
1: Yeah. You, you know what? Oh uh,
3: shit! Her. I lost. I thought Annie I was had. really fucking fucking killing it with did that. Did she Gulf and war. Annie
1: ever
2: do? Did she and Annie ever duet? No. 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 no i bet no their no. friends. Do you know
3: though? who I? My dream duet mm. is Annie. And Grace? Grace
2: Jones.
3: I can't believe they haven't done that. Spindle's I,
2: wearing a really fierce Grace Jones t
3: shirt right now. That's crazy they haven't done that, isn't well, it? I great, well, I think Grace well, really Grace Jones. Grace Jones did that autobiography and it was she said in that autobiography that she felt Annie Lennox ripped her off. I can kind of see that, but also Annie Lennox did did it her way too. I mean, they were both very strong androgynous women. And Grace Jones is like my idol too, but I, I, I felt like Grace Jones could have said something a little different. Like this is awesome that this woman is emulating this as much as I am, and it would have been so rad because you know you listen to Grace Jones and you listen to Annie Lennox, and they're so freaking similar. Their lyrics, really. Their yeah, you know. Um, their ideas very you know I don't need this man to make me feel like a woman kind of thing and, and you, you're you a man gonna fuck me over fuck you mm, um, I think now they're on totally two different paths you know Annie Lennox is more of an activist which is freaking awesome but Grace Jones is, is still Grace Jones and at 70 she's fantastic still killing it yes um, still killing it
1: so you moved to Vermont
3: I was that your Vermont? freedom? Was that the Freedom Times? Uh, Vermont? No. No? No, not yet. Um, when, when, when was that? It was, okay, that that was... Uh, my grandmother and my uncle hit me up and said, Hey, you want to move back to L.A.? And so, 91 was when I came back to L.A. And that's when there are no boundaries. I went to West Hollywood. I found my first golf club. And... All bets were off. I was gay, and I was like able to be myself.
2: Had... And then you got. Then it was one year later when you got the gift of Annie striking out solo.
3: If that was. Oh a... my god! Yeah, because they broke up, and it was it was a bittersweet thing because, um, you know, I wasn't a really big fan of their last two albums. Now I can listen to it and and enjoy them. You know, it's you know just kind of a memory thing, but. But then she came out with her solo And it was a completely different sound And it was still Annie And um That video I was just like what video? I, I, uh, For why
6: mm-hmm.
3: um, I'm a cancer so I cry at the drop of a hat And I was just like Hurr. The nation cried when that video came yeah. When that video and song came It was so beautiful And, and mm-hmm. you know I got the album mm-hmm. And
4: How many times Try
3: had Annie's soul, but it sounded nothing like the Arrhythmics. Mm-hmm. And Are you cool with that? I was totally cool with it. I, I, you know, I, I love it when musicians go out and do their own thing as, outside of the band and create a sound that's their own. I actually embrace it, because if somebody goes out solo and tries to sound like the band they were in, I'm like, okay, you're tired, bitch.
1: Stop. <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. stop. And I know Annie's talked about that. She talked about how she was like she did everything with her partner.
3: Yeah, Dave Stewart.
1: Dave Stewart, and now she's and then now she had she was writing everything by herself. Yeah. So she, I saw this interview with her where she talked about how you know Dave was kind of the funny man and she was kind of the 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 no person that the she was
3: very serious about her, very serious.
1: And so then she was like, and then I had to be the funny person and the serious person. Yeah, I had to be the front and the back and. And I do think, you know, because I agree, she did that, and then she took a little bit of time to do the next one, and then...
2: But there is great humor on Diva. as yeah, an album. No, she totally. has terrific humor.
3: Yeah, and it was another album where... um, Not all of the songs, but... Most of the songs she did videos for, just like she did with Savage, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of like a story she was telling.
1: I just watched that one where she's in that, the the full um, get up and hug, having everyone come and
3: hug, give her hugs. Gifted. Gifted, the gift, the gift.
6: Um,
1: and I started talking about that it.
3: song, and it she talk, it's so sweet. And you know what? When she did that video, nobody knew who she was. She was just kind of masked, and people just went up and gave her a hug. Nobody knew it was Annie Lennox.
1: She talks about, like, that... She's, like, this is really a representation of the kind of fame mm-hmm. that I feel. Like, standing there, not moving, and people just coming up and smiling and taking pictures with you. Yeah. This is that kind of strange disconnection, and, like, wearing this great outfit, and she's just looking iconic, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you know... I just actually... This is, like, a Wikipedia blurb, but I just read that that headdress... It's from Octopussy. Oh really? Uh-huh. They found it in in London. No and it's from way. James from a James Bond movie. Headpiece. To, oh
3: now I have to watch that movie. Isn't that <laughs> That's funny? That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Cool. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, what's your favorite song on that album?
3: <sighs> Primitive.
1: Primitive is so
3: good. Yeah, the I gay community Primitive. just
1: ate that album up, didn't they? That, wasn't yeah. they owned that was the only album. It was. It was kind is of that everywhere. It's
3: called Diva. Yeah, I, like no, I, oh, I think that's, oh, that's one of the reasons why. But you know, it. I I think, it was, I think it was kind of revolutionary for her because it was her first solo album and it did so well and it connected, with so many people, including the gay community.
1: Were you like going to the clubs and hearing them play? I always said like the drag queens embraced that those I have, songs. I
3: actually have a really great story about that. Um, I was at Rage and mind you I don't do drag. Rage is of course a, a gay club in the epicenter of West Hollywood. Is it still around? It's still around. Is it? Yep. And I used to go I don't I, I wouldn't touch it with the ten foot pole. Now I hate West Hollywood but at the time when i went they you know they had alternative nights where they would play like industrial goth and anyway um little birded came out and i just Happened to dress like Annie Lennox from Sweet Dreams. Just happened.
1: <laughs> just happened. <laughs> just, Oops. you just fell into uh, it. I rolled
3: I was, out of bed and I, here I was. I would I would go to goth clubs dressed like Annie Lennox with the suit and my red cropped hair and You had all that. And I would do like the whole red band across the face, wow. which she used to do all the time. And it came on and I and at the very end of the dance floor they had like this stage. And I went up on the stage and I just kind of started lip-syncing to it and this girl saw me and she just basically grabbed me and pushed me to the front and I lip-synced to Little Bird. Iconic. And the entire dance floor stopped and watched me. Like, I did my first and only drag show and I killed it. Wow. And, um, you know, because I've I've been watching and listening to her for... God knows how many years. I know all her movements, her facial features, everything. I I pulled it off. I can't do it now because I'm. But not she as... and she does work her angles. Right? She does, like and she knows oh, isn't that, that savage video, she's uh-huh. working the fuck out of her yep. angles. Yep, and you know her head movements, her body gestures, everything. I had it down to pat. And you know, even though I'm a lot more gruff than I used to be, I still. Challenge people. I will still Annie Lennox you out, out. Annie Lennox you, no matter what. But anyway, out Annie Lennox, yep. out Annie Lennox, uh, out Lennox, yeah. out out Lennox. Out Lennox. Out Little Lennox Bird is here. my favorite
1: song. Yeah, it's but I still think there is a play. There is still. Still to this day, uh, a drag show going on and they're doing Little Bird. I'm not kidding you. Well, that's what was,
3: that that video, that's, you know, again, that video was a bunch of drag queens doing all the stages of Annie Lennox. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the stage was her pregnant, you know, with a top hat. So, you know, again, here she is. Iconic. Yeah. And And it's
1: so anthematic. How do you say the word? It's like an anthem.
2: Mm, I don't know, Anth- yeah. anthematic. I don't think that's a word. Oh,
1: I don't keep it in there. I I, but I, I'm, I, ju- I'm also learning. But to it also, yeah. I'm
2: just thinking of like the lyrics of Little Bird, and it makes me think of you in LA at that time. Like this, this little bird, I bird's was coming out of her nest.
4: Definitely a little you know? bird.
3: I'm a native Angelino. I left here when I was five Moved to Bermuda And you know This is where I relate to Wonder Woman I grew up in a tropical island And knew nothing of the outside world Because we were ten years behind And I came into LA Being a little bird And learning that LA has its great things And it also has its super shitty things And you know Learning that when you're in your early twenties Is really hard
1: She didn't tour with that album right?
3: Or did she? Um, no. What um, really sucks. You know, I never got to see her live. When I was in Massachusetts that one year, she did her tour in, in um, 1982 or 83. Um, somebody said, oh, I got you a ticket. It's front row. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes. And my parents are like, you can't go to your ticket. Uh, they didn't let me uh, go. So I missed all of their shows because of living in Bermuda. And you know, they broke up and she did her solo, never did a show in LA, and then they got back together and for they peace. did Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There was probably and I don't even remember the name of the song, but there's one song on that album that I really like and I'm so sorry Annie, but I really hated that album. And so they finally did a they did a peace tour and I was stoked. I mean, I again, I got my suit on and I was just doing my whole androgyny thing cuz when I was younger, I could pull it off. I can't do it now. I took a bus from Venice to Staples Center to go see them and I was so freaking jazzed I got a nosebleed seat and they came out in camouflage cargo and I was like what the fuck I was I was Um, like I want her to at least come out in the sparkling cocktail gown or something I don't expect her to be all your rhythmics from 1982 but
1: you Something. had an image and she wanted. I had an yeah, right. image
3: and she came out in camouflage cargo, both of them. And then when they started doing all their like who's that girl in acoustic, I was like Uh I Uh oh. Yeah. I, oh, my my diva is letting me down. My I diva like, is breaking my heart. Like, we was, do talk
2: about that though. When your diva does let you down or break your it, heart, it, it's it, a big deal. It,
3: it really upset me. I was like, I haven't, I, I've, been, I haven't, I've never seen them before. This is my first show with the Arrhythmics and you know, I was like, okay, all right, they're not doing the stuff I would love to hear, but at least do their stuff in electronic because you know it was all electronic then. And to hear it on an acoustic guitar, who's that girl?
4: But there's just one thing, just one thing, but there's just one thing you me.
3: Yeah, that yeah. killed. Yeah, I
1: was that the only time you seen?
3: I well, I saw that and I left actually pretty sad. I oh, really? I was really disappointed. But a year later, she released Bear, which this I, a,
1: oh, was, a, this was afterpiece. We skipped Medusa, right? So no,
3: she 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 did Diva and then she um did Medusa and it, I was not into it. You were?
1: What about the? When her cover of the light, lighter shade of pale, I, yeah. I
3: I was not into it. No, it no, wasn't it, your, it just it it felt wasn't your bag. it felt weak to me. And then the Rhythmics did peace, and then they did I've got a life, and I felt like they were reaching too hard for the Sweet Dreams era because I don't like it when bands get together again, and then they start referencing their old music just to kind of keep them. Um, What's the word? Relevant. Yeah. I I didn't appreciate that. And then she did, you know, she did Medusa. I wasn't a big fan of it. And then she came out with Bear, and I actually really liked that album.
1: Yeah, that Mm -hmm. hit. That clicked back.
3: Yeah, it it kind of brought me back to Diva. Um, And so she did a show at Royce Hall, and it redeemed peace you saw it you yeah saw the show. it was so good and what was great what was so cool is she had an image um projected on the screen from um her first album in the garden which i didn't know about until a friend of mine in bermuda in 1985 told me about that the, her first album their first album was in the garden i was like what it's not sweet dreams because everybody thinks Sweet Dreams is their first album, but their There's first an album is, is In the Garden. Fabulous.
1: That also, album's good. It's really mm-hmm. good. It is good. I, ju- I, ju- I didn't know about it. I just started
2: listening to it when I knew we were doing you. I was like, I've yeah. never heard
1: of In the Garden. Yeah. I've never even seen this album.
2: Uh-huh. It, what's, your, what's your like favorite bop from In the Garden? Oh, my God.
3: Oh... I love Take Me To Your Heart. Mm. That's a great song. And then they have this song. It's like so random called Caveman Head. It's very loud guitar-y sounding, almost kind of punk sounding, but she sounds like a total dingbat. <laughs> and it's actually about women trying to make it in the corporate world. you wow. know. And it's like, you know, I have to be beautiful to make it. I have to looks sexy. I love that album because, you know, compared to Sweet Dreams and Touch, it's a lot simpler and it didn't do as well. And
1: It didn't put them on the map and then Sweet no, Dreams didn't. was
3: like, this is
1: the album that everyone Right, like you know, they're, they're, the
3: their release from that album was Belinda and it didn't do so well because it sounded terrible over the radios, over, through vinyl. And like, then Bear came. Bear came 2003.
1: yeah. And you, you found her way back. She has that, 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 um,
3: it is, she's like, has that like,
1: crazy powder on her face. She's wearing a choker with necklace. the big ass wig mm-hmm. yeah. and
3: she's sitting there completely naked with, you know, and that's one of the things about her. She's always loved photographing naked. She says, I am comfortable with my body. Um, like the cover of touch, the cover of sweet dreams. Was that concert more intimate? Well, Royce Hall is very intimate. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a you, know, you can sit anywhere. It's small. Um, the sound is great. Did you love her selection? Yes, because she did some stuff from the Eurythmics, but she also, I mean, she covered her solo. She covered Eurythmics. Um, but her performance was great, and she was also very intimate in talking to people. That's what I love about venues like that is because i feel like the artists are more in touch with the audience as opposed to stadiums like staples it, i would never do another stadium again because it's, it's 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 so disconnected mm. it's so impersonal but when you're in a small place like that you feel like you're in there with that person that's so cool. I would love to yeah. see Bet like that. In,
2: like, a theater. I mean, even in, like, yeah. a Broadway... Like, we got to see... Bet did Hello, Dolly! on Broadway last year, and we got okay. to go. And to be in a theater like that, which is 1,100 seats, but, yeah. like, a Broadway house, so it's pretty tight. Yep. And you're so close. I've never been that close. You know, you really feel like... Yeah.
3: Versus, like, yeah, you see her at something like Madison Square Garden. It's yeah. not the same thing. It's not. And even though at, at at the Royce Hall with Annie Lennox, I was on the balcony... It, it just felt like feet away from her it was it was That's incredible awesome. yeah
4: is the chattering
1: songs of
3: mass destruction I listened to the samples and I, I felt the same way that I did about Medusa Yeah, I thought like, maybe you were going to be yeah. in the next, the next I, album Is you it the same with nostalgia too I actually liked nostalgia um, because too. I felt like she was in more touch with herself um, because she's always been into blues and jazz uh, you know you know, go back to be yourself to um, be yourself tonight. It's very bluesy. Um, she's always been about soul, um, and that's one of the reasons why I love her. Even even in her earlier stuff, even though it's electronic, you can still feel her soul. Like the song Aqua, you felt that soul coming from her voice. Yeah. Right. You know, it's a very sultry soul, and you know, I mean. She sang with Aretha Franklin for Crying Out Loud. Um, she, mm-hmm. she... Um, under Pressure. Um, no. Oh, uh, oh, no, we're talking girls about... Girls are D. doing D. it for themselves. Hello. Oh, no, but I thought... I mean, we were talking about Souls, but... I've Yeah, got but, but I just that was, was with pressure. David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she also performed with Stevie Wonder. You know, There Must Be an Angel. He played the harmonica for that. Mm
2: -hmm. And also, just while we're on nostalgia, that fucking Grammy's performance when she blows Hosier out of the fucking water. You know what was... I was like, this should be an Annie Lennox song, please. You
3: know what was funny... Take me
2: to church, Annie.
3: And And it was incredible. It was great. But it was funny. I was reading reviews on that, and people were like... What's up with the face movement that she's doing? I'm like, bitch, you don't know Annie Lennox because she's been doing that since 1981.
2: She was also giving me lots of robotic, like, let me robotically use my microphone.
3: Exactly. When I saw that, I was like, fuck yeah. I'm like, that is freaking old school Annie Lennox. She's bringing it. A spell on you, you know. That's totally Annie Lennox. I mean, I know that song has been overdone, but
1: yeah, but she actually really that what kind of they that was a single. I was like, that's a hit, like, yeah, they're gonna Annie really owns this song in a way because it is overdone. And I remember being like, oh, Annie Lennox, why are you mm-hmm. doing this? And then you hear it, and it's like. Man, this is like a true classic. Yeah. Like, but for a covers an album, style. too, it's
2: very cohesive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sonically cohesive. With it her style. Yeah. With her style. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: with her style. So you brought up the, um, you know, David and, and David with Bowie Annie duet. Um, it Under was, pressure. Yeah, it was for um, the Freddie Mercury tribute. And she's always been compared to David Bowie and, uh, you know, even before that happened I was like it'd be so cool to see her and David Bowie do a duet and she did. Well you know she has B sides too and I I've, I've been searching far and wide for B sides and they're really hard to find until YouTube. And I found every single one of her B sides and I YouTubed it to MP3 so I have all of her B sides but one of them was she did a cover of fame by David Bowie.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow.
3: It's it's a little cheesy, but it's still cool the fact that Annie Lennox did a David Bowie cover and I can die happy. You know what I
1: just found out? You know the
3: the Winnie Hughes song Step by Step? Okay. That's hers.
1: She It's from the B side it's of from Diva. The B side of Diva that she only was only released in Japan. Are you Step, serious? By step my yeah, that's Annie Lennox. Andy Lennox wrote that song, and it was only again only released in Japan. but that. Is that wild?
2: Everyone listening, to that just singing—that was actually Jason Black. Oh yeah, like, it was me. sounded like Andy Lennox <laughs> It was Jason.
1: And no no, 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 I wasn't trying to sound like Andy Lennox I was. They think it was Whitney. They thought it
2: was Whitney. Sweet two impersonations you do. No one else does though. Like <laughs> it's very clear that was my Whitney. But isn't that wild?
3: That's so Andy Lennox wrote that song <laughs> and
1: and performed it and 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 and, and uh, cut it, and then it was only released in Japan.
6: Step by step, day by
4: day. My, my, my. Now, don't you slip away, don't you go too far. Cause when I close my eyes, I know. to hold my breath Just like the
1: That was money good. For Annie. Yeah, that was like the dance set for Whitney. Wow, yeah. I know Wild, right? Oh, God. Do you have any other Annie Bops you want to want to play before we ask you Ministry what question you know Love. is coming? It's Mystery um, from, of Love.
3: it's from the soundtrack to 1984, which is highly unrated. Um, she was the Euryth- it was a whole mess. Um, <laughs> they they hired her. They hired the Eurythmics to do the soundtrack for 1984, but they. They were about to scrap it, and Dave Stewart and I said, "No, we worked on this album. It's gonna happen." There's actually two versions to it. There's the studio recording that they basically made them do so it could be more pop relevant, and then there's also the um, the actual soundtrack version of it, which is a lot more darker and a lot more dismal, which personally I love. But one of the reasons why I love love this song is because um this was again when I was really getting into kind of like this whole tribal sounding music and you know it's it's there's no lyrics but it's percussion and chance and it's it's freaking insane. It's, it's a great song. I, I got to listen to it's my, it. It's one of my one of my favorite and... nostalgia um, I I watched an interview with her and she said you know I think I'm gonna quit singing because I'm too happy now and you know in my head I was like that's that's the most honest and real thing anybody can say because a lot of musicians good musicians good musicians a lot of good musicians sing because they're sad or unhappy or there's some kind of something going on that's just making them write this music and I think that sadness or or that anger or whatever it is is what helps create this art and um one of the things that I've noticed throughout her later years I felt like it just kind of felt a little weaker it felt a little too generic and I think it's because she's married she has kids and she's you know she's an activist doing wonderful things for the world for the world and I, I think that's great and I think she should keep doing that you know I mean she's been on the uh, you know alongside with Nelson Mandela, Mandela and you know Uh, finding cure for AIDS in Africa, she's a a strong feminist, you know, I mean, she's she's always been a very powerful feminist ever since the beginning of Sweet Dreams, and she's made that very freaking clear, I mean, there was even a point in her career where, you know, she came out as a strong feminist and called out other musicians about being famous is like you know going on stage and being sexy and showing your tits is not feminism it's all about your grassroots and you know supporting other women not being sexy on stage and you know annie lennox has never been about being sexy on stage she's all about empowering and being strong and being a voice for women for the human race for the most part and i think I think she's, she's done all that and she's kind of reached her point where, you know, I, I've said my voice in, in music, but now I'm going to say my voice in another, another means and that's by being an activist and being a strong person for, you know, women, you know, HIV victims, um, you know, apartheid, you know, whatever, she's. She's always been an activist, but now so much more now. And
1: it's so, it's so powerful to know, you know, when it's maybe time to not do the thing and to do something Sometimes
2: else. Sometimes not doing I mean, can be just as powerful.
3: Yeah, you know? and you know, one of the you know one of the questions that you sent to me is like, what what would the next role that you would give her? I'd say I, I can't give her a role because she's done it. She's, she's done, done it. Them she's, all she's acted, she's a musician, she's an activist, she's a voice, um, you know, I mean, she she's even wore, you know, wore t-shirts that, you know, that say, you know, HIV positive, you know, she's not HIV positive, but she's speaking for the people that are HIV mm-hmm. positive, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she's, she's done it all, and she still has, the, that woman's going to keep rocking for many more years, and... Oh, Yes. You know, and, Hmm. you know, I'm, ultimately, I'm, I'm so happy that I have her in my life as a musician, a role model, and a very positive role model, because when I was younger, she, she brought out my darker side, but now she's, like, a lighter side now, because now I'm, I'm not as angry as I used to be, and you know, I'm still really bitchy and you know I tell people don't let my mother's side come out but um, <laughs> you know it's it's great to see a woman that evolved from very cynical but strong and I'm not gonna take shit from you to a woman that's I'm here to help you right you know? mm-hmm. I
1: was gonna ask you the question but I feel like you answered it mm-hmm. What would you say to anything you? you just did that that's so beautiful. It's Thank so you gorgeous. so much for coming oh, on to this podcast. Yes. And Thank Ari- so much Annie, Annie. Annie Yes, yes. yes. Um, I know it's inspired me. like I'm seriously going to like I I'm feel going like we're gonna down. have a summer. Of like my goth bad
2: bitches. But Thanks everyone for listening. Um, download the episodes. You can like, subscribe. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're listen on Instagram. To the old episodes. Uh, if you're just an Annie Lennox goth kid coming here, go and go and listen about Liza Minnelli. You'll love Liza. She's goth, kind of in her own Broadway way.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. sure.
2: <laughs> go listen about. Go. Li- we've had, we've got back episodes about Kate Bush and Barbara Streisand. And if you like someone, go deep. This yeah. is where you're listening
1: to, like, you're yeah, inspired deep, to
2: like, go deep into the go things home. you love. Or you go listen go, to go. an hour about Annie Lennox. Go listen to an hour about Susie Sue. Come on. Okay. All Thanks right, for listening, babies. Bye. Bye, Battle Angel. Sweet.